32 minutes after 3 on the official drive. Now, as the SABC celebrates 85 years, we will be bringing you a series of interviews. And our first interview this afternoon is somebody who's no stranger to Lotus FM Airwaves. Uh, she was here a long time ago, before my time. <laughs> We're chatting this afternoon to the phenomenal Devi Sankari Gavinder. Uh, today, she's a well-known investigative journalist and a journey began right here at Lotus FM. Good afternoon, Devi. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thanks so much for having me. And guess what? I started Lotus, you won't believe it, 28 years ago. So when you think... Gosh, that's a long time. We were even born then. Well, I have to say, firstly, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a very busy lady, but when I did give you that call and we chatted, uh, you you were ready and you're like, let's do this, you know, so I really appreciate that first and foremost. Uh, tell us now, and for all the listeners out there, and the young ones especially too, how did your journey begin at Lotus FM 26, 27 years ago? So I was in my final year of a BA degree at the University of Natal. That's what it was called way back then. And I was invited to do an honours degree in drama, but I thought... I need to get into broadcasting in some way or the other because then I was able to justify to myself why my parents would need to pay for this honors degree. It has to make <laughs> sense. I've always been quite strategic in, in my mind. Um, so I sent my CV off to a few radio stations. One of them was, I remember at that time, was East Coast Radio. I sent it off to KTV. Remember the kids show? Yes, no, you won't KTV. Remember the kids. I know, I remember KTV. I was, I was around when KTV was around. <laughs> and I sent it off to Lotus FM. And I got a call back from Segi Naidu, who was the programs manager at the time. This was now in 1993. This was before democracy and all of that. Right, right. And um, I was asked to come in for an interview and Santa Nipo did the actual interview with me. You know, he recorded it and mm. all of that. And Peggy um, and I do called on the landline. Remember the days when you needed a landline in order to get a message? <laughs> Old school. Old school. And he called to say, listen, your pronunciations of some of the song titles are really not that great, but we think with training, you'd be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I started training, and um, they got me to train with uh, Vikash Mathura and Khalik Sheriff, both of whom were um, the evening DJs at the time. So I'd get into my little Mazda and bravely drive from Glenwood to the SABC on my own, and uh, I trained. And the next thing I noticed was on the 3rd of September, two days before I turned 21, I was broadcasting on a, on a Friday night show. Can you remember that first show that you did? The, 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 what, what were you feeling like like when you got on air? I, be, hey? I was so nervous. I mean, my parents came to support me. Tansen, I'll never forget it, was actually there. <laughs> I was terrified that everything in the studio was going to break, break at some point. Because a lot of people don't realize that at that time, I don't know if your lives are any easier now, but at that time, you played the adverts, you did the presenting, you brought the guests in from the foyer, you brought the guests a Coke from the machine, you did everything yourself. We pretty much so, we pretty much do the same thing in studio now. <laughs> but not much has changed. Um, but we never had producers, so you produced your own show. So that so you were responsible for absolutely everything. So I was really quite terrified. I remember eight to nine. I looked after a show, so if there was a reel-to-reel tape, and it was one of the shows that was pre-recorded, I had to make sure nothing went wrong. And then from 9 o'clock till midnight, I was on my own. Um, I mean, you had to set up a cassette. You know, you had to play right. it at the right point and get it going. 
Now, when you when you started, did you imagine uh, what it'd be like? Because growing up, I mean, you were one of those role models, those icons that we looked up to. And you're like, when you're coming on air, you know, you you you're packing punches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's gonna be there's gonna be a war happening when you listen to Debbie uh, on the talk shows and stuff like that. But uh, the experience on air with the audience and off air as well, and obviously the camaraderie between the colleagues at Lotus FM that you built while you were here. Did you imagine it'll get to that stage? Look, I was right time, right place. So when I started in '93, in, in 1995, the SABC was going through a lot of changes. So uh, they were dividing the radio stations into commercial radio stations and, and those that had a, a public interest. So Lotus obviously fell into uh, a PBS, Public Broadcast Service. And, and that meant they had to change their format. So for the very first time, talk shows were introduced. And Amita Anand actually started Viewpoint um, at Lotus. And I remember, you know, Amita's life changed and she was moving overseas at the time. And I was still in for her a couple of times doing Viewpoint. And for me, it was this natural fit. The talk shows is, is where I realized I was meant to be. Because you don't know where you're meant to be. So a lot of people are probably listening to this interview now thinking, well, here's somebody who had this vision. Yes, partly I did have the vision, but you also need to open yourself up to a lot of experiences. It's only when you experience something and when it feels as if it's not work, that's how you know this is what you're meant to be. So, I mean, Viewpoint took off, I mean, in 1996. I mean, I was doing crazy things on air. And for the first time, I think our audience was exposed to, first of all, airing their views. Um, to the point where it took a while before people realized, you know, turn down the volume on your radio. It was all a little learning curve. But what was very special for me was the fact that we were going through it together. Mm. I wasn't a seasoned broadcaster broadcasting to a seasoned audience. All I knew was that I was learning how to do this, but that our audience was sharper than me. So that kept me on my toes. Right. Because it meant that I couldn't produce rubbish. I couldn't present nonsense. I had to make sure that whatever I was doing was was speaking to our audience and we were going forward, that there was an end game in sight. Um, So it was those kinds of experiences. Of course, I was really lucky at the time because I was one of the younger broadcasters who was at Lotus. And we had a lot of other broadcasters, people that we could look up to. So without a doubt, I mean, Lotus became my second family. And you can't go... We saw a lot of us are still in touch, even though we may not see each other and we're all broadcasting or not in broadcasting. But I mean, those are bonds that um, you, you you can't get rid of. <laughs> we've still been, <laughs> still been hanging around. But I, I must say, I mean, Lotus opened a lot of doors for me. In fact, Lotus opened every door for me. We know Matiba came on the show. We had Let's talk about that. Why, why are you right there? My WhatsApp's line yeah. going crazy, by the way. People are people just love you to bits, <laughs> right? So I can't even... I'm going to read a few in just a bit, but it's gone bonkers. Like, they can't believe you're actually on air right now on, on, on Lotus FM on the official drive. It's like, wow. Now, while you, while you mentioned Madiba, you interviewed President Nelson Mandela. Uh, tell us about that experience. How did that happen? And uh, how did that make you feel? Uh, did it, was it off the cuff or was it planned? No, no, no. Um, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon and we were getting ready to go to do a Bangra in Newcastle or some, some ladies went to Newcastle. I can't remember the exact place. And remember, that was our mainstay. Every weekend we did Bangra because right. that is how we took Lotus to different parts of South Africa. And I got a call from Khalik Sheriff, who was the station manager at the time, and he said, listen, Nelson Mandela wants to see you. And I thought it was a joke because why would Madiba want to see me? This was in 1998. And Khalid, because I was always in trouble. 
You see, with Viewpoint, <laughs> I was never not in trouble. I right. mean, after the show, he could hardly even get his own work done because people would be calling him to complain. Because, I mean, it was an out-of-the-box kind of show. I developed a very thick skin subsequently. And he came and picked me up. And the next thing I know, I'm at King's house. And I'm sitting in front of Madiba. And there were a couple of other people there too. And Madiba was talking about this issue around race. And, you know, where does the Indian community sit? Because we were preparing for another election. And I put my hand up and interrupted Madiba in his speech. Because nobody told me that when you're in the presence of a president, you don't interrupt it. <laughs> I just spoke my mind. And, and it, it comes back to what I was saying all that while, even through viewpoint during the mid-90s, is that this Rainbow Nation thing happened, but what we were not thinking about is where we, what role each of us was meant to fit. You know, how were we going to contribute right. to the Rainbow Nation? We thought there was this, like a Harry Potter magic wand being waved over us and then magically it was all going to work out. And my argument was that if we didn't, if we didn't figure out where we stood as race groups first and then as individuals, mm. we will continuously have a problem, which is where we unfortunately are right now. It's still a lot of work to be to go to be a done. A lot of yeah. work, but it was in that at that meeting that I invited Madiba to the show. I said, "Well, Madiba, you're going to have to come on to the show." <laughs> and that's what, that's how that whole interview happened in 1998. Wow, you know, and that picture today just stands out. We had it on our Lotus FM uh, page as well. Uh, the fact that you're going to be here and we use one of those pictures, it still stands out. It's great memories. It's history that we look back on. Now, um, look, WhatsApp's gone crazy, so I'm just going to quickly call out a, a couple of messages here. Um, this is this is coming from Tommy in Chatsworth. I don't know if you know him. He says, just remind Devi about the hairspray question. I don't know what the, that, that about. Um, from Tommy in Chatsworth. Hairspray question. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, another one coming through from uh, Malvin Jitel who says, uh, Brilliant, Devi. Uh, she will cut you off. <laughs> no nonsense. I'm still doing exactly the same thing. There you go. Uh, Kajal says, It's fantastic to hear Devi after so long time over there. Uh, awesome stuff. Shout out to Rita in uh, Richards Bay as well who says, Devi Sankri Governor is my superwoman. Um, there you go. Uh, Ranjani really says, listening to Debbie on Viewpoint and Lotus way back then was lovely memories. Uh, Ramba Mudli, shout out to you as well. He says, loved you very much in Viewpoint. Your talk show was the bomb. All right. Uh, Vincent in Port Jefferson says, thanks for interviewing Debbie. I still remember when she interviewed Nelson Mandela that afternoon and I met her during a Bangra in Port Jefferson. She dances very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, listen, I'm quite a mover and groover here. I haven't done Bangra in a long time. Ah, we, have, we have to sort that I out once COVID is over. <laughs> All right, so Debbie, SABC celebrates 85 years. What would you like to say in terms of SABC and the celebrations of 85 years? It's a very important thing, right? Because you must remember, prior to 1994, the SABC had this image of being the mouthpiece of government, right? And, and, and it's a state broadcaster. So to a large extent, you can argue the same thing now. But I have an important point to make. While there are lots of other broadcasters, and that's great because that's the whole point about a democracy, is that you have different platforms, different broadcasters, which equals to a varied input, more voices to be heard, more opinions to be listened to. At the time, the SABC was really one of the few, if not the only place, where young aspiring broadcasters like myself could go get training and be nurtured by individuals. But, I mean, Fakir Hassan was our station manager first. Then, Khalik. Mm. Then, I mean, Segi Naidu was always there. You know, stalwarts in the industry who were very free with their knowledge and experience. And that is not something that you get anywhere. 
So I can tell you without a doubt that I am where I am because if you open their doors to somebody like me, they were willing to give me training. But I also matched it by bringing the energy, the enthusiasm, and the research. And and I cannot and I cannot impress that more on young people because the opportunities are there. But you've got to also meet it halfway because you can get an opportunity and then you think, well, that's it. In my mind. I always knew that Lotus was going to be a stepping stone to other things. And I was fortunate I had other opportunities and now I've got my own shot. If I didn't learn all those things, the, the absolute basics of broadcasting, respect, responsibility, research, I would not be where I am. But the last point I need to make, they can be SABCs and broadcasters the world over. If you do not have listeners who are willing to support you, disagree with you, contradict you often but hold you to account you will never grow as a broadcaster if you're not prepared to put on your listening ears because a big part of broadcasting is the listening not just the talking there you go well said by the legend herself lots of more messages coming through for devi now devi's one brave woman uh, lots of people are saying that you are their inspiration to all women out there not just them as well um so uh, yeah devi uh you want to say a quick shout closing comments and a quick shout to all the people that's just giving you love on my whatsapp you line know, right a, now a quick shout out to every single lotus listener who supported me from the very beginning and and i also want to say that, that what i've said is not just for young people alone there's so many people now who are they 40 50 60s or restarting their lives changing jobs finding new opportunities what i'm saying doesn't only appeal to young people it appeals to every person who's listening there are opportunities out there find that sweet spot when it doesn't feel like work and it makes you happy and you smile in the morning then you're in the right place I agree because you don't have to be 20 years uh, anymore to be a rock star. You can be a rock star at any age of your life. Absolutely. Look at me. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. You totally rock. You tot- you're just too humble, but you you really really rock and you an inspiration to everybody out there, not just the listeners to us broadcasters as well. We'll still look up to you and follow you and uh, you know, um you motivate us every day in terms of what you do and the boundaries and the red tape that you keep cutting and uh, you make things happen. So, thank you very much for your time uh, just to share with us this afternoon in terms of celebrating 85 years of uh, SABC's uh, anniversary and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you this afternoon. Thanks guys, stay well. Thank you very much. The phenomenal Devi Sankari Govinda